From Detroit to Houston, Florida to California, Skidmark Show is streaking across America. From SEMA and Barrett-Jackson to backstage at the House of Blues and the Full Throttle Saloon, Skidmark Show is all things cars and rock stars. And we are powered by Pizzoil. Hey, what's up? This is Dan Donegan from Disturbed, and you're listening to Skidmark Show. Hey, this is Steve McGranahan of World's Strongest Redneck, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show. Hi, this is Sung King, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show. Coming up April 27th through the 30th, the April Fools will be taking over Detroit for the Shell Eco Marathon. The April Fools are us. Yeah, that's I right. like the way you said that. Thank that was kind of cool, man. No, it's co- we're going to rock the house, baby. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be one of the first times we're in an event. That there's a lot smarter people than us there. Actually, <laughs> every time we're at an event, there's a lot smarter people than us Who? there. You name and one. All of them. No, this yeah. is the first time, I'm telling you. These guys the, the are deal- legit smarter, though. Well, they're smarter because they started young smart. I mean, kind of like we talked about young drinking. These are young smarties. Right, but they're smarter because they build cars that go 1,000 miles on a gallon of gas. Right. Which is crazy mad totally just just to think about the math on that i don't get that good fuel economy riding my bike and it doesn't use gas forget about it that's what i mean it's when you when you look at that i don't know how they put the time and effort into it yeah but i think there's a little strategy in it because i saw the drivers and those people don't have girlfriends correct yeah right we just assume that Yes. Actually, they'll prove us wrong because smart and nerd is the new cool. It is the new and cool. And they're going to have the hot girlfriends, and we're going to look like chumps. But it's going to be cool because we're going to be out there, and we're going to be doing Skidmark Show from the Shell Eco Marathon. And I, I'm really excited about learning about it because I don't, I don't know anything about that concept. I'm the exact I opposite. I don't, I've never cared about how many gallons. I just care about how fast. I right. Can go. You're a fuel burner. Yes. You're a burner. I'm a burner, baby. I, I kind of am, too, not as much as you. Right. You're, you're, you're uh, definitely burning more fuel than I am on a daily uh, basis. You know, it's it's funny you say that, but with the technology of the cars that are coming up through right now, is you know, you take, for example, a lot of people think of a Corvette as a, as a sports car, and it yeah. is. It gets literally. better gas mileage than my Bronco. Exactly. It gets a lot better gas mileage than some Tahoes and some sport utilities. But even if you take some regular cars, like it, it almost gets comparable mileage yeah. to like a, um, well, a modern version of your have a limo correct you know they do they get not when you're doing 180 200 no but but in your day-to-day driving absolutely and like in penzilla for example you know a 1050 horsepower but she's still like just cruising gets extremely good mileage it's in the high 20s right when you're not punching it you're doing fantastic well even when you're on the throttle a little bit i mean 80 85 90 yeah you know where this where you can do those speeds Well, it's sweet spot is probably because you know every car has a sweet spot where they do and uh, i was actually studying this i brought the avalimo um with me on a road trip and and it has the little computers, and it'll show you when your best eco is and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And right around 80 to 85 miles an hour is its sweet spot, where you're getting the best fuel economy for the whole really? car. Really? I wouldn't believe that in that car. I mean, obviously, if you're I talking I would think that would like, be more like 60. No, no. Uh, because you know what I think, too, is, and, and you probably didn't own that car since it was new. Yeah. But I also thought about this theory. Not the more modern cars, but the older cars. Yeah. I always thought it was however they were 
driven by the previous owner in the beginning would, you got would, would, do, the engine. would determine that sweet spot. Yeah. So if you bought it from the little old lady from Pasadena and the car didn't go over 40 miles an hour, right. that was kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. But if you bought it from somebody like my grandfather, that everything was to the floor, then the sweet spot would be 80, right. 90 miles an hour. Well, and so. the you know you got to think about it though because it depends on how much fuel you're using and how far you're going. The faster you're going, you'd think uses more fuel, but there's a point in there where the the it tips, you know, where like you can go a little bit faster because you're going to cover more mileage, but you're not going to burn as much fuel. Correct. So the sweet spot actually is a little higher. Okay. So yeah, I mean. But we're going to find out from these kids yeah. where the sweet spot is, and let's see if we can drive their little cars. Oh. You and I. Let's the race. Do it. Absolutely. Yes. But what we're going to do is we're going to weigh in first because these guys are all scientific. So whatever I weigh, we're going to add that weight to your car. Just to make it even. All right, so I gotta wear like uh, a pregnant bodysuit. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Um, do we get to strip? Is it gonna be like a boxer weigh-in where we're just in our underwears? We could. Okay. We could do that. I'm, I'm down. All right. Sure. We can do a weigh-in. Okay. Let's right. do a weigh-in and we'll do that. April 27th through the 30th, Detroit, the Shell Eco Marathon Skidmark Show will be there live. If you're in the area, our Canadian friends. Drop by, man. Come south and hang out you with definitely, us. Definitely. You know we're going to Canada at night. Yeah, we are. I'm bringing my passport. The thing thing that amazes me though is at formula d yeah or formula drift formula or, drift for those of you who are uninitiated in the know, then we just go d yeah that's the cool way that's because that cool saves so much it time does. and oxygen instead of saying drift it's we formula, say d it's formula d yeah yeah so, but anyway formula d what amazes me is every year the smoke seems to intensify I know. You notice that? Like, and, and I don't know how you would drive through that. Uh, I think it's tire manufacturers are adding extra smoke in the no, rubber. But, uh, you look, and when, how how when you drive get, through that, I don't know. When we get Vaughn on the phone, I want to ask him, is there a point you look at in the car or yeah. you just know the track that well that no matter what's in front of you? Because think about this. If you or I were traveling somewhere and you see these signs quite often that says, if there's smoke over the highway, do not enter. Right. So that's warning Wait, you. Wait, where the hell do you live where there's smoke over the highway signns Uh, Well, well, I mean, not where I live, but where I travel. Like oh, when, okay. when you're like you're up in Flagstaff and stuff. If they yeah. tell you if there's a yeah. forest fire, right? That if there's smoke going over the, do not continue. Right, that's bad. That means right. fire will burn you. Right, exactly. Right. But right. my point is, is there's no fire coming out of these other cars other than the exhaust pipe. But there's a lot of smoke. So you're coming into this thing, and I mean, I, I consider myself a good driver, but I don't know how I would react when I'm coming into a wall of smoke. I can't see the track. Lights. I just think I would want to be the guy in front all the time. Yeah. I would not want to be the guy behind. No, I'd wreck it. Smoked out. I'd wreck the crap. I, I would too. All yeah. of a sudden, I'd go, "Whoa, there's a wall." My car sponsor would be like, "Sorry, dude, you suck." Yeah. Uh, not, we're, you're not giving you any more. You have wrecked a hundred cars. You've and got two cars. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And uh, you've wrecked all of them, and we're not giving you any more because you're expensive as hell. And that's, I think, that's where it would go. We're gonna catch up with Vaughn here. We're gonna catch up on what's new in the drift world. What's coming up? He's got a big announcement. Yeah. We're hoping he'll spill the beans here on Skidmark Show. I'm wondering what that is. He's pregnant. Could be. That's what it you is. You never he, know. Nine yeah. months out. He's opening. He's going to give us a Mustang. <laughs> he's like, I had one, and I don't want it anymore, and here you go. Here a thousand you go. horsepower Mustang. Well, you know what's funny? When we were at the Formula D and the guy, D, D. And, the, and the guy, when he wrecked his car and ripped the rear yeah. bumper off, this guy, a big, huge fan, yeah. was just like, can I have the bumper? Right. Can I can I get the, and I, I watched the guy lugging this bumper off. He took it out. Yeah, he took, took it the home. bumper cover home with him. Well, you know, um, those guys, they love the D. The, you gotta love the D, right? Gotta, I like the D. I like. You know what I like about it? I like the fact that yeah. it's like synchronized swimming with, for guys. With 
with engines. Yeah. Yeah. But it's for guys. Because, you know, you would never, as a man card, you would never go, hey, I'm going home to watch Synchronized Swimming. No. But you would go watch Formula D because that's cool. I do love watching the D, yeah. Yeah. Now, I did watch Synchronized Swimming, but it was on uh, that SNL short that it was uh, Martin Short. Whoa, listen to that. I know who that is. Yeah, did you hear that? Yeah. Did you Did you hear my ringer for Vaughn Gittin Jr.? Holy cow. It sounded like a Mustang. What does it sound like? It sounds like what a Mustang like? going sideways. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, well, you know, I, I like to you know make special ringtones for special people in my life. Oh, man, you say all the right things. <laughs> in other words, when you call him at 3 o'clock in the morning, he instantly gets a little bit too messing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you know, just for the record here, I know Vaughn's got big news that we're going to exploit right here on the show. But yep. to to really clear up some rumors that have been circulating after the announcement that just happened the other day, you know, my phone blew up. I don't know about yours, Ethan, but mine did. No, it's still here. And, it's still in one piece. Oh, okay. My, my phone was blowing up, and they're like, what? what? Did you see what, what Vaughn just announced? And I'm like, yeah. And I had to explain to a lot of people, and I'm glad we have Vaughn on the show to explain to everybody that I was actually his first choice. But because of scheduling conflicts, yeah. he had to go with this other guy. That oh, we're going to okay. talk, yes. talk about in a minute. But, you know, so I just wanted to make that clear to all my fans that Vaughn and I were tight. We're real tight. And I was his first choice. You're tight like a toyger? Well, even though we talked about I might not fit in the car quite well. No. You know, it might be a little snug <laughs> to wear a Mustang. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have Vaughn Gittin Jr. on the show. Welcome to Skid Marks, my friend. Man, thanks for having me back. Uh, looking, forward to, looking forward to catching up, man. We were just talking about how... You know, those of us that are cool, um, uh, we call it Formula D because everybody loves the D. Um, and so we're cool and you're cool. Do you guys call it the D when you're just, you know, sitting, shooting it with the, the fellow drifters? No, no, we don't. We call it FD. FD. <laughs> F, yeah. F the D. All right. Yeah, your mind, I, I'm not going to lie, I think your mind's a bit, bit weird, man, but it's cool. It's no. cool. We'll roll with it. All right. All right. Yeah, I totally am weird. You'll get to know that. Well, anyway, Vaughn, hey, let's go ahead and give the announcement to our fans because, you know, obviously, you partnered up with Pennzoil, which is a, a brand that we is near and dear to us yes. and we love. And But you just made an announcement in a video the other day with, with some stranger driving your car. Yeah. No, yeah, this year, um, you know, the RTR Motorsports team has uh, added another car and driver to the team, and uh, that driver is uh, Chelsea DeNova. Uh, he'll be driving a uh, basically sister car to my uh, Ford Mustang RTR, which is the Spec 5D, which is our, you know, our drift car that uh, we compete in the Formula Drift Series with. So we're super, uh, super pumped. You know, I've been for a couple years now, you know, checking, you know, watching some of these drivers I compete against and, you know, wanting to bring on another driver to, you know, for, for obvious reasons of the benefit and also just wanted to have another Mustang out there uh, battling it out. And, um, you know, Chelsea was a, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he came to me uh, actually after Irwindale and came in my trailer and he's like, hey, man, I'm going to drive for you. And I was like, oh, really? You know, like that was kind of, <laughs> how it came up and uh but you know i've seen him for a while and he's somebody i've battled hard against and i've earned great respect for him over the years and uh he's just going to be a great great fit for our team both from a driver standpoint marketing standpoint as well as a technical standpoint so uh you know we're we're super pumped on it we just wrapped up testing and the cars literally left charlotte yesterday to head to long beach so uh came on well question for you because i mean you guys do uh you know what what a lot of people don't realize is is von Schott actually builds cars for other drivers too oh really yeah like, do you ever like you know put a tack in the tire and just be like make sure he doesn't beat me well well that was getting to my next question <laughs> i was gonna say when you were building the engines for these vaughn uh obviously was 
there one that you said, you know, let's go ahead and put it in his car, and I'll take the one with the 10 more horsepower? Or how did that work? <laughs> are you give, are you giving him an equal footing as you, or are you trying to have a leg up? Here? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we work with uh, Ford Performance and Roush Gates for our engine program uh, this year. We actually uh, got two brand-new motors for these cars uh, based on the uh, FR9 NASCAR platform. Um, but instead of being restricted to 358 cubic inches and a steel block, uh, we have an aluminum block and 455 cubic inches, and they make about 1,000 naturally aspirated horsepower. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned Pennzoil. Well, there's obvious reasons why why we uh, have that good gold inside there because we beat the crap out of these things. They're just unbelievable. Like, these things make, like, 600 foot-pounds of torque at, like, 3,500 RPM. They're just silly. That's. I mean, I'm, I'm just in awe. I right know. Now. That was just great. <laughs> Normally aspirated. Golly. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have an endless supply of Mustangs? I mean, did Ford call and go, hey, I like the way you drive. Have a dozen. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. You know, we do get great support uh, from Ford. You know, I've been working with them for uh, going on 10 years, like official relationship, and I've been in a Mustang for going on 13 now. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we, uh, we have a great partnership. And, you know, we start all of our builds, like our race car builds, with a body in white. You know, we use the factory Mustang chassis. We're required to use, you know, factory subframes and, and factory uh, suspension geometry. You know, we can move up to two inches, but really it's a it's a Mustang, you know? And um, But obviously, like all professional motorsports, you know, we have our approach and, and way that we believe that makes us uh, or, or sets us up for success on the track. And, you know, all that stuff is, is done in-house uh, at the RTR lab in Charlotte. Well, I got to say one of the things that I, that I admire about you in this racing and, and teaming up with Ford is, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a real big pro component of of you know like ford on ford chevy on chevy and all that and now when you look at formula d and you walk through the pits uh, you know the bmw pops the hood and it's got an ls motor in it (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of cool to see you out there railing it in a ford with a ford motor making it happen so i I think that's kind of cool and i think it's good for the fans and i think it's good for the automobile industry sure i mean for us it's not even you know not even an option you know i mean it's never been a problem for us to make power with Ford Motors. I mean, we've always, it's, it's uh, you know, when I, the first time I ever got into, you know, I started out in, in the import world. And then when I decided that, you know, to get into a Mustang originally, that was the first time I ever felt that thing called torque. And my mind was just like, what have I been missing all these years? You know? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I mean, you know, my exhibition cars, you know, make plenty of power and, and um, you know, we just run a, a Ford performance crate motor. The, the Illuminator XS is what we run in those things and but you know for for professional motorsport you know it's the way drifting is i mean i get up on the line i'm up against you know 1200 1300 horsepower cars that you know are about 500 600 pounds lighter than me and you know between uh you know the mustangs you know agility and and you know the the motor program we have and obviously the setup setup secrets we have you know we're able to run with these cars that technically should be better on paper you know but uh you know i guess maybe some of that has to do with being a halfway decent driver but uh, most of it is is uh, the equipment, I would say. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of being a halfway decent driver, you know this still it, it boggles my mind because we talked about this before when we were out at Formula Drift. 
with you and we were talking about the smoke factor and as this has grown and i've yep. watched it since the beginning uh the smoke factor has intensified in yeah. my opinion there's just more and more smoke and for me and, and i'm a i'm a road track guy and you know i've drag raced but that you know no offense to all my drag racing friends but that's point and shoot um when you're coming out there and you're in the you're the second car out how do you know where that line is in that wall of smoke yeah a lot of it is uh, so you're right you know it has increased because everyone's got more power with more power comes more grip and with more grip comes you know more load on the tire which is what you're seeing you know increasing increasing that smoke and the sport is just every year after year increasing and um you know for us it's a lot of muscle memory you know a lot of visualization and really knowing you know for me like i drive in in my head well before i get to the track and throughout the weekend even when i'm not on the track i'm driving in my head and just visualizing all those points and getting the getting that rhythm so it's really just subconscious you know where you know where you're at and you know you have to pick your points you know what you know the spots you're going to transition through smoke so you have to have some other visual reference because in our sport if you're not ahead of the car you know one or two steps Mm -hmm. you will you will make a mistake so it's uh It sucks driving, not being able to see. <laughs> I, I mean, bet. you know, I just got, uh, you know, I was actually not to shift gears from FD, but I just raced King of the Hammers with my classic Bronco. And, you know, it was that same thing. You know, you're in the desert, you're chasing guys and you get up in their dust and you just have to have that confidence, you know, but it's so scary, you know, like, hey, what if my navigator misses a turn and all of a sudden we're, you know, straight into a rock, you know, like it's it's sketchy. You need your eyes to drive and, uh, you know, muscle memory does help. As a driver of a formula drift lots of us love going sideways and love the thrill of you know roller coasters and all that but going the sideways back and forth the way you guys do in formula d are are you one of those guys is there a single ride at the fair that would actually make you sick or nauseated just the back and forth of those cars right and left has got to do a, a number on your equilibrium yeah i mean you know when you're driving man you know like you don't feel that because you, you know you're ahead of it um i'm definitely not somebody that gets nauseous or have ever had any any issue with those kind of things but um i could imagine in the passenger seat that for some it could get it could get nuts um as far as a fair though i don't know those teacup things haven't always been my favorite <laughs> i, I know being a bit younger like tilt the world's no problem but those teacup things man that's like puke the vomitator <laughs> i know i'm always like waiting for a face full of something when i was when i was in those i know it well talk about the bronco for a minute because that's interesting um how'd you do how did you like that experience oh well, you know, so, um, you know, last year, um, you know, Nitto set me up with a, ra- with a with a race and a spec truck out there. They called me up and said, hey, you want to do King of the Hammers? And I'm like, literally was uh, wrapping up our vacation, my wife and I <clears throat> in Jamaica. And I was like, uh, well, of course, you know, I'm a professional fun haver. Of course, I want to do that. But I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like King of the Hammers, like I've never even climbed a rock in my life. Like I've played <laughs> off road, <clears throat> but, you know, the, that terrain is just gnarly. But of course, I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. So, you know, I uh, went out there, did get a race last year and, you know, ended up finishing top 10, which was like a first for a crossover driver, to, let alone finishing, but also getting top 10. So I kind of got bit by the bug. I thought it was really cool and teamed up with uh, New Bright RC, who manufactures uh, toy RC products and major retail and, and Jimmy's 4x4 and built this uh, independent front suspension Bronco. And, uh, you know, I'm all in now and and went went out there and uh, we raced a 40 
3500 class, which is what it was built for. We raced that. Had some uh, had some crazy gremlins, um, you know, new truck blues. But you know, I'm not a I'm not a quitter, and so we basically bolted on a, a set of 40s. And then the 4500 class is 37 inch limited, so we bolted on a set of 40s and went out and raced with the big boys in the 4400 class. And I actually ended up like being in top 10 come the end of the first lap. Nice. And wow. uh, and uh, so coming into the first so right at the end of the first lap i made a stupid red mist move and basically tried to pass a competitor going up a hill like on the wall the hill and i just couldn't get off the wall soon enough without having impact with him and i literally just like toppled over right in front of him like a jerk oh (laughs) wow what year uh, platform bronco are you building on yeah well so it's it's a it's a it's a you know tube chassis truck that's built within the box of the rules for that class um and it's you know it's got a uh you know classic bronco 70s bronco body on it um so you know i just wanted something that that looked cool and was functional and you know for me you know i love 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 classic broncos so um you know so that's what we did and the truck's name is brocky check it out hashtag brocky all over social media and it's a it's just an animal and it's such a blast i mean the thing jumps you know it climbs ridiculous rock climbs i mean some of these some of these hills it hammers you know i mean if you walk to the bottom of it you just look up you're like i don't even want to walk up this thing let alone like a vehicle should not be able to go up it you know (laughs) yeah and uh you know for me it's just a really cool challenging sport and i've said it for years that drifting is like the ultimate in car control and if you can drift you can drive anything because your 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 conscience and your feel of vehicle dynamics is just so fine-tuned i mean we're you know we're driving sideways at 100 miles an hour with 130 140 mile an hour wheel speed and still you know feeling every little bit of grip and where the weight of the car is and that stuff just all translates so it's been a really cool cool thing for me as i start playing in off-road and you know um really excited about you know continuing to explore that a bit well i think you got a leg up because driving in smoke and driving in dirt is very close yeah so that's good and uh the other thing i want to touch on real quick because we know that you left a lot of marks in scottsdale recently yeah we <laughs> we actually went out there with a hellcat and did a little video we're going to send to you later because we kind of thought of it when we after we did the video we're like oh that's kind of like peeing on his spot yeah we marked our territory <laughs> after you did yeah we went out there because we're nice like, i'm like vaughn left a lot of marks we need to do something even you know so we took a well, new hellcat out fitting. we went out there with a hellcat and we did about 15 donuts real quick just yeah. get them lit up but anyway when i watched the video i had to know how hard did uh craig jackson pucker up when you came in hot next to that bugatti <laughs> Oh, man. So, you know, obviously we took one of our uh, Mustang RTR Spec 2s out there. I mean, that car was one of our straight-up-the-showroom Spec 2s that you can buy in Ford dealers. Just to give you guys that, the, the perspective of, you know, that we were just driving a, a basically a stock RTR Mustang. And um, so I wish we had a camera for that first, because, you know, th- that's all done in a couple shots, not necessarily, um, you know, to pat myself on the back, you know, not that I can't nail it in the first shot, but, you know, um, we always have to move cameras for that stuff and i wish we had a camera of craig's face 
least the first time I hard parked next to his Bugatti with him in it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was just like this, you know, he was just like, it was like he moved his head, you know, one of those like really surprised move his head bracing for impact kind of thing. And uh, I was just like laughing, you know, laughing to myself a bit because, you know, obviously neither one of us wanted to damage a Bugatti. It just shows how much car control you got, man. That's cool. Yeah, it was, you know, it was cool. And, you know, when I was doing donuts, you know, he's like, hey, man, don't get too close. I'm like, you know, I was like, don't, because Craig, I got you, buddy. I'm not going to hit your car, I promise. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you know, everyone's, everyone's seen that watch this thing, you know, so I get it. That was a really cool project. You know, Penzo hit me up and said, hey, Barrett wants you to just get nuts in there, you know, over million square foot Scottsdale facility. I was like, yeah, you don't have to twist my arm to do that. So we, you know, sent the car out and made it happen. Another really cool thing that, that was not seen unless you followed me live for that moment was Craig Jackson then took me on a hell ride in his Bugatti Veyron. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so we didn't, it wasn't like, you know, I just did a quick like Instagram live, which which dies after, you know, 24 hours. So, but uh, yeah, I, I was a bit puckered up for that one. That thing is, those things are ridiculous. So you got to pucker each other up a little bit. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, we did actually, you know, he had to return the favor, I guess. So, but yeah, it was, he, he's a maniac. He was, he took it in a lot and started sliding it around and stuff. And his wife was like, you should drive it. And I was like, yeah, I don't want that responsibility right now. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Your Mustangs are worth a lot of money, but not Bugatti money. Not Bugatti money, no, sir. It depends so, on who you're uh, talking to. If you're talking to Ian, they are worth Bugatti money. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, it was uh, it was such a cool experience. You know, I just, man, I'm always so, you know, I get to spend time with people in our industry. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you're a pretty solid dude yourself, both you guys. And But, you know, it was just a, it was just a fun event. You know, I mean, this was over Christmas break, and, you know, everyone much rather be chilling with the family and resetting getting ready for the year and you know it was myself and chibo from Pennzoil and the crew from bear jackson we were all just having a blast shooting this video so for me man it just you know those kind of projects and stuff remind me of just how cool and how lucky we are to be you know in this in this industry and surrounded by like-minded people and uh, for me like-minded means like having fun and, you know so it was, it was rad well congratulations on the new teammate expanding the team we're looking so forward to seeing what you got to offer out there this year you know, any last little bits you want to throw out about Formula D coming up? Get excited to see uh, two Mustangs out there driving on three wheels. Oh, I can't wait. Looking forward to it, guys. Thank you so much. I right, appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. You know what? I'm looking forward to something that's coming up in Dallas, and, and actually my schedule might open up so I can hit it. Yeah? In June 29th, I believe, Ramstein no is way. coming to Dallas. Yes. They almost never tour, and when they do, they don't tour America that much. No, and that's one of the things. I was like, I really want to see these guys because Meg's really into Cirque du Soleil yeah. and all that acrobatic stuff. I like the pyrotechnic aspects of it, and of course, I love their music. Yeah. So I thought, what cooler way for us to go enjoy a concert, and they're going to be right in Dallas. Well, you let me know if they don't sell out right away because I want to go. That'd be fun. Tickets go on sale Monday, man. Okay, cool. 10 a.m. All right. I want to see that one. They're kind of risque in concert, if you will. Well, yeah, if you watch their videos, but that, I think that's what inspires me that I want to go see it because yeah, it, the, the X-rated video. So, well, no, but like... I, you you well, want to see if they'll do the X-rated video? Well, uh, yeah, well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Just take a look at any of the videos that, that have been out in yeah. the public eye that aren't even X-rated, but with the use of the fire and just the, the, the theatrics that goes into it. 
but it's got to be a crazy show. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's got to be way crazier than any other show I've seen, at least in America. And I don't know. Do you think they have different rules? Like their show in other countries is wilder because they get away with it than here? In Germany? Are Are there regulations here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know in Germany, they can get away with almost anything because Germany is a lot looser, especially when it comes to, like, uh, sex stuff. In America, a lot of cities won't allow that. The fact that they're playing Dallas alone is kind of impressive because they they have such a weird and explosive and sometimes dirty stage show that a lot of places are like, we don't want it. And then a lot of places are like, we don't want you to burn our place down. And then in Europe, a lot of places are like, yeah, whatever, have a good time. Because Europe is just more laid back like that. Because they drink wine all day. They have it for breakfast. And so they're all like, yeah, what else? Interesting. You remember the first time we went to SEMA? Yes, definitely. The, and we had that grand opening party at the House of Blues in the Mandalay Bay. Totally. And you remember who played the little private party we were at? I do, and it wasn't me. No, it wasn't. It was Third Eye Blind. Correct. And I actually had the opportunity. After seeing that, I became a fan again. Right. And then they were doing, because they have a new album out, they were doing like radio tours and stuff of interviews. And I got in one. I got to talk to Stephen Jenkins from the That Third made Eye you Blind. a fan again? Because you kind of lost your fanage? Well, no, I just had other things in my brain. Third Eye Blind wasn't like front of mind. Okay, so when you saw them live, it brought it full circle for you, and you were like, hey, I like you guys again. Yes. Okay, I can can buy that. And they had a new album I can buy that, because I did that with Van Halen. Yeah. Van Halen was really big in my life, and there was a moment after, uh, you know, uh, Van Hagar, after he left, and I was like, bah! Well, Van Halen 3 sucked. Right. Totally. Okay, but I don't have Sammy on the phone yet. We'll work on him. We'll call Aaron Hagar and then get Sammy, but I do have Stephen Jenkins. Let's hear it. Stephen Jenkins, Third Eye Blind. How are you, my friend? Hi, Ethan. Jumper was uh, a little melancholy to it, which, you know, that was another one. And you guys are just, that's your thing right now, or that's one of your big things is you take these horrible things in society and you write these kind of catchy, poppy songs about them, and and you've done a fantastic job. You got it. That's right. That's it. That's what we do. <laughs> I love being comprehended. <laughs> the, the title of our new EP is going to be uh, We Are Drugs. So that's, uh, it's going to be out in a couple weeks. Oh, for me, the process of writing always comes in different directions. So, you know, I'm really trained as a drummer. That's all I really wanted to be was a drummer, but we could never find a singer. So I've been filling in ever since. And um, I, I will get rhythms and then the rhythms will make me feel some way. And then there are words for that. And I just kind of plug those in. That's one way of doing it. A lot of times I'll just mess around on my guitar and that will turn into something or sometimes I'll have um, journal entries and I'll look at them and then um, they'll start to work out or sometimes I've got a melody in my head so there's really you know there's no one way to skin a cat man it's just it things just kind of show up and and um, and they show up from different in, in different places but when I'm really when I'm when I'm really good um, when I feel like I'm really good it's like I hear the song and I'm just kind of writing it down like I'm transcribing it that's that's like that key moment. Billy Corgan was like, at his best, he's kind of like a, it's like a mystic, you know? It's just like, it's kind of happened. How much longer after seeing that video of that cop dumping that girl out of the desk was it between you actually saw the video, got pissed, and started writing? I started actually, when I saw it, I, I started writing a, um, an op-ed piece on it. And um, I, I just, I, I kind of procrastinated really. And it just kept bothering me. And then I looked at the notes for the op-ed piece. And when I was looking at the notes, um, I had my guitar. I had my, my little small-bodied Martin. And I picked it up. 
and I started to look at the notes, and then I just kind of sang out what happened. So it's, it was kind of a very matter-of-fact thing, and and um, I, I think it was months, and, and which is also surprising because that that attack happened over a year ago now, and um, it just stuck with me. It like it, it didn't release, you know, I couldn't couldn't let go of that that image. Well, and part of the reason why is uh, I read this in your bio is you used to work with uh, troubled kids, and so you know how to get some of these kids and, and talk them down from a tense situation, which is exactly the opposite of what you saw, correct? Exactly, exactly. And it's not about, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about making them know that they're safe and, and, um, and it's not about teaching anybody a lesson. And that's what I think I saw there. I think I saw... I think I saw, an, uh, you know, somebody who's an authority is supposed to be protecting kids, physically teaching a, a child a lesson for getting uppity, and that to me was just, you know, it left a dent in me. And and so, um, for me as an artist, when there, when you get some kind of an emotional dent from something, usually it's from relationships or or the friction in in friendships and things like that. But sometimes it's 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 outer things. You answer it in music, and that's. You answer it with a with a song, and that's kind of how Cop versus Song Girl came about. Hey, uh, you guys got to have a hell of a lot of fun uh, back in July in Cleveland, playing outside the Republican National Convention. How much fun was that? Were you intentionally just antagonizing some people and just getting your kicks, or, or was that were you trying to do an actual show and be serious? Uh, I don't know how to describe my mood. Sometimes I like a little. I don't see anything wrong with a little mischief. Yeah, <laughs> just a little mischief. I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. All right, one more question, and, and we'll let you go. Um, I think it was last November. I was in Vegas for SEMA, and you guys played a little private show at the House of Blues for the Pennzoil family and stuff. And I heard a bunch of songs that I thought I didn't recognize. Were you playing some of the new stuff off of We Are Drugs that long ago, or was that just music that I, my brain I'd forgotten? Ooh. Or do you even remember the show? We might have been, you know what? We might have been trying out new songs, but I don't think I don't think we played any of the new stuff, um, any stuff from We Are Drugs live yet. There's some things that are going to come on the on the album after that that we played live, but I think this is all really new music. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for taking the time out today, Steven, man. It was great talking to you, buddy. We appreciate your music fans of the band for a long time. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. Chicago showed up the class, and she pulled out her mobile phone. It's the one thing that she owns to keep her known. She's an orphan now. She just that just ended another phone. episode of Skidmark Show. Thanks for joining us. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's crazy about this episode? We started with a guy who drives blind, and we yep. ended with third eye blind. Well, it uh, works out that way. Did yeah. We planned this and didn't even know we planned we it. We didn't. We're That's smart amazing. Like that. That's that what happens amazing. at Skidmark Show and why you should listen to all of our old episodes at skidmarkshow.com and hit that subscribe button at iTunes. Because we are geniuses. Duh. <laughs> Hey, if you had a subscribe button, we'd subscribe to you. But you don't, so please subscribe to Skidmark Show on iTunes. Powered by Pinsoil.